to match me. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. And I'm just ferocious. I want your heart. I want to eat children. What up? It's your boy Phil Hunt. Uh, we back here at the motherfucking Tough Talk podcast. Uh, no Andre this week. Uh, we gonna go in a different direction. Uh, but we do have a guest. We got my man Quan Wiggins here. Say what's up, Quan? Yeah. <laughs> what up? What up, man? I am Quan Wiggins, man. Definitely glad to be here. Yeah, it's good to have you. Motherfucking Tough Talk podcast. Uh, Quan, Quan is fresh off his win at uh, the New York Comedy Club yeah, contest. The fourth the annual comedy contest. contest. Fourth yeah. annual, you know. Ain't been going that long. Uh, shouts out to Emilio and Amy and Drew and all the good people over at New York Comedy Club. Yeah, uh, yeah that was definitely fun, man. Definitely great to win. Did you get like show. a big trophy or something? No, not yet. Not yet. We're still, uh, okay. we're still working on the award the package or whatever. Yeah, it's in the mail. <laughs> ah! It's on the way. You check your mailbox. It might be up it's in on there. the way, man. Well, nah, that, it was a, it was a very fun competition, though, dude. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, all I love, love the club great. over there. I just did... Uh, Emilio's AC Club a couple okay. weeks ago. Nice. So you'll probably be doing that pretty soon, and it's a it's a great space, big room. I love I love Emilio. I feel like he's like the uh, Mark Cuban of the comedy club owners yeah. here. Like, yeah, you ever see Mark Cuban for the Dallas Mavericks? Nah. He's always uh, just innovative and always tr- willing to try something new okay. and always expanding his words. Yeah. All yeah, the players dope. that have ever played for him love him. They say he was like the first owner with flat screen TVs and different stuff like that. So, yeah. Wow, that's dope. That's dope, man. Yeah, I definitely man. look forward to uh, it. So. We'll start off here this week a little bit with like just some current events and stuff that's going on. And then we'll get into the fight night section of the show. Uh those of you that have been listening know we talk about fight stories here on the podcast. I don't know, you know, if you necessarily know. But, yeah, we'll start with some topics here. Uh, we fresh off an election, fresh off the midterm elections, man. How how do you feel about, you know, voting and all that kind of stuff? Did you vote? Huh? <laughs> Did you vote? Huh? <laughs> I didn't Come vote. On. I didn't vote either, man. So, don't no, feel man. bad. Um, no, I actually did not vote, man. Did not uh, vote. Uh, was that by choice or more of like you just busy and had other shit going on? It was just a combination of, of being busy and just getting like actually registering to vote in New York State. Yeah, I know. Even that's a you process. As an out of towner, it was just I just didn't do that process. Yeah, you can file that absentee ballot or whatever, but even that's like knowing how to do it and having right, to right, a lot of it. Yeah. Sometimes you don't want to go down there and get them folky information because they might pull up some old library fines or something. And you're like, ah, oh, damn, I owe they y'all will. money for a book. Oh, and now we know where you at. So. Right, exactly. They'd be like, well, bro, we've been be looking for you. About you moving from some, your state. You, you got some blockbuster fines that you ain't paid. You get away from a lot of random fees when you move out of state. <laughs> But yeah, the first year I was in New York, uh, Hurricane Sandy year or whatever, that was the Obama election, and uh, I filed an absentee ballot. But even then, I was registered in New York because I had moved from Indianapolis to Buffalo, New York for like 10 months, and then I figured that that was a mistake, and I moved this way. Yeah. But I filed an absentee ballot. I mean, I felt an importance because I don't know. Even if you don't agree with everything Obama did as a president, it just felt good to see a black man be the president. 
and a black wife and his two black daughters and they black dog and, and they black dog. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really know what the dog is black, but That's uh, history you know, too. in my mind too. the dog was definitely black. But yeah, but I mean Obama was just like on a representation level. If nothing else, it felt good. Yeah, on a representation level, it was also good to see a president that made you feel hopeful. You know what I mean? Like when Obama spoke. He always made you feel hopeful. He always made you feel like we were, as a nation and citizens, we were building the country. It didn't seem like it was just the politicians when he spoke. Yeah, it just made you feel like, man, he was like, hey, man, we want to do this. And it was like, wow. Right. And, uh, you know, I went to a black college. So, 2008 election? Right. Never will forget that house. Oh, yeah, 100%. Historic, him making history. That was, yeah, they, on that campus, Because I can remember growing up, and granted, I lived, you know, my father was military, and I lived in between mostly Indianapolis, Indiana, you know, and South Georgia, uh, Valdosta, Georgia, Moody Air Force Base. So it wasn't, you know, those are two, both two red states, you know, where yeah. Republicans kind of rule and, play. you know, old school white. Yeah, and, they, they you know, some people debate whether or not the Klan was started in Indiana or not, you know, depending on what you Google. Man. One thing says Tennessee and the other says Indiana. And every now and then I'll bump into somebody in New York and they'll be like, where are you from? I'm like, from Indianapolis. They're like, oh, Indiana, that's where the Klan was started. And I'm like. Awkward no, way, actually, awkward way I to start the, a conversation. I thought the Klan was started in Tennessee. Again, I said it depends on what you Google. I think, yeah, you're right. Some people will say Tennessee and some people will say Indiana. Yeah. But I whatever is correct, yeah. hey, that whatever ain't... It is. You don't want that to yeah, be... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't want that to be the thing we known for because people... Oh, are, you from Klan state. Like, yeah, oh, people man. will start a conversation with me based off that. Oh, that's where the Klan is from. Right, and yeah, I'm yeah. like... Okay. Like, I don't know that. <laughs> what I'm supposed to, I, if you're looking at me, you would know I ain't invited to none of the meetings. Right. Like, you know, it is what it is. Like, okay. They say it like you can say, yeah, I know Jim. Yeah, like I'm going to have pride in it. Yeah, Jim, Jim, he's all right guy. You know, Jim Crow was my uncle. He went to school right. with one of my uh, cousin's brothers. You feel me? Like, nah, I don't know They start naming about off that. members, do you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. To where it's just like, hey, stop playing. That's why, like, if you uh, pay attention to some of the like i said the social media really is just propaganda but when the blm thing was going hard and we was really having the black lives matter versus the all lives matter conversations and people started pushing that narrative of the black panthers being terrorists and it's like fam if they were terrorists they would have masks just like the clan like the only time you're gonna have a mask is if you're doing some shit you don't want nobody to see you doing. Like, right. Nah, they're not terrorists. They standing there. Which is why the KKK wears masks. Because right. they're a terrorist organization. They never explained what Ku Klux stand for neither. I got beef with the Klan. You know what? Ah, there was like, something. What does that look, stand for? I looked for? it up one time. I forgot what does that what even it? mean? And y'all ain't even spell Klan I right. What which I'm just like. But it was it's based uh, I wish I remember, but their whole concept is based on, like, I believe another organization. But mm. even within that, I'm not even going to lie. The Klan is, is, I think, is a weird concept. Because I was watching a movie, right? It was a higher learning. Okay, yeah, higher learning. Just when, you know, the Klan, he's, hey, they're taking everything from the pure Christian white man. They kept saying pure Christian white right. man. And then it was like, yeah, uh, talking about, you know, their dislike for the Jews, too. Yeah. And then I was like, Christian. Like, what does that have to do? But no, but this is my point. If the KKK 
hates Jews, but it's a Christian organization. Right. But Jesus is the king of the Jews. See? So you worship the king of the Jews? I wish I was even that researched to understand, but it's like, yeah, I don't. How? I, I don't understand a lot How? of it. But That's yeah, the king even of the Jews. with the... Uh, White, and then the Christianity, no matter how you break it down, that's a, a Jewish religion, essentially. Okay. It came from Judaism. Some form or branch It of came that. from 100%. Gotcha. It came from, you can't yeah. have Christianity without Judaism. There's a lot of So how do you hate... It's just, hey, how man, do you hate look, it's hot talking. down south. They got the mask on. How do I ain't you gonna, hate them? They got the hood on down south. It's you, hot. You, you, I ain't going to say they think it you correctly. You pray to Jesus. Jesus is a Jewish name. Nah, I know, man. <laughs> it's not. I, like I said, it did a lot of. So it, everything about it, so a I'm lot like, wow, of it makes no sense. And and you hate people you brought here. So hey, man, get the time machine and go back and yell at your uncles or your great 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 grandfathers because yeah, it's a weird. But the election uh, happened, and I mean, we had some surprises, you know, down in uh, obviously Georgia. You know, you had Stacey Abrams, the black lady that was running. Uh, you know, for uh, man, she was she was like killing it in those debates too. Yeah, like, yeah. The way she, she was, was so boy, and the other dude was like, "Well, you you did that." And he yeah, made no sense. <laughs> at wasn't all. even close. Made no sense at all. And Stacey and... Abrams still wound up losing. But this is what was what made me feel a little sad. Was like, damn, because if she'd have run up here in you know Georgia uh, or you know in, in New York, York Oh, she would have toked She'd have had a better chance. She would have toked Cuomo up. Because up here, you know, I ain't going to say they less racist. Because obviously Cuomo, we've seen all his racism here. and stuff. But I mean, not his it's corruption. more progressive people here. And it's a blue state. Well, he won based on, 100% based on, like, uh, that old Southern. Well, yeah. The good old the boys same. network is like still down they, there in they, Georgia. He had a, there was a picture of yeah. uh, some Black Panther militia mm-hmm. saying, hey, we support Stacey Abrams. Right. And he retweeted it saying... Is yeah. Georgia ready for this type of extremism? Right, a hundred percent. Saying, "Hey, whiteies, do we want? Yeah, do we want this kind of thing? Right, man? right, and and, and 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 yeah, like I said, I grew up and in then Georgia. The people who want to keep things to, in I that old in school racist tradition, years, so I kind of know uh, what's going on down there. So real dynamic. Like, he pulled the. He literally pulled the race car. You got like, a very uh, chocolate city like Atlanta, but outside and of that, then outside of that, exactly, it. you that's got it. the. The rednecks and all and that. The with the city limits, you you would think it's a whole different thing, but once yeah, you leave the 100%. city limits, yeah, you once see you get out the to Stone is, Mountain, Georgia. Oh man, they have all types of um, uh, Confederate, yeah, uh, historic sites and graveyards and statues. Right. And no, it's 100%. Just, it's super I, I know. I told you I lived in. Yeah, super Confederate. So you step outside that city, there for eight years. Super so I hundred percent understand. You go like, wow. You know the white guy boys with the hunting jackets and all that, and you know what time it is. Like people was mad when the Duck Dynasty dude said something racist, and it's like. You thought he was liberal? Right. <laughs> what about a dude who hunts ducks all day on TV? <laughs> it's liberal. Come on, man. You crazy. But, yeah, Stacey Abrams wound up losing. Uh, Andrew Gilliam, that was uh, for Florida, he wound up losing. And it's like, man, somebody said, hey, Florida gone Florida and Georgia yeah. gone Georgia. And it's like, damn, that's the reality. Because up here you had, uh, what's her name, Octasia? 
uh, Hernandez, I think is her name, up in the Bronx that won, the Hispanic girl. Okay. Her name is slipping me, but she won. And I mean, obviously, the Bronx is mad Hispanic, yeah. so why wouldn't they put her in that? That makes sense. There should never be, like, a white governor of the Bronx. That don't even make sense. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you see a white person up there, they lost. Right. Like, oh, brother, you was trying to go to Yankee Stadium. Yeah, bro. They, 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 they shut off past Yankee yeah. Stadium. You ain't gonna see them past yeah, but there. It, you know, but I, I still think that and even in Harlem, Stacey Abrams' run is going to inspire no, 100%. the next person to run. Like they said, and like uh, Georgia isn't going to be able to hold on to that old practice mm, for so much longer. It's well, still like America. This is what I'll say. You're right. It's still America, but it's going to be, become more of a struggle to hold on. No, to yeah. The practice. races are getting closer. That's what I'm saying. And that's what we're seeing. So that's one of the things. Stacey Abrams did that. And even though she did not win, does not mean that she lost because just like you're saying, some young black girl is going to see that she got that far in 20 years from now. She's going to win it. I don't think it's going to be it's 20 years, It's one of the things. Though. I mean, I don't know how long it's going to be. be I'm not going to even try the, to predict that. In the next, like, just how the whole country stood up in this midterm election. And right. And made sure people actually went out and voted this time because they said, hey, there's some things at right. stake. Because, bro, what, you know what's interesting? I'm going off topic a little bit here. But what's no, interesting sorry. is the way politicians work. And I say, yo, Democrat. I don't. I believe all politicians are corrupt. For one, no, hundred percent. Like, Democrats yo, and Democrats Republicans can both go to hell. Democrats are better at corruption than Republicans. <laughs> and the reason why I say that is because Democrats do it so subtle that it doesn't cause an uprise. Uh, but Republicans are so extreme with it that yeah. you go, oh, we got to do something. We got to not. I just be looking right. at that sometimes. I'm like, y'all push so hard. We got to fight you. Even if you're the type of person that's like, yeah, that doesn't think in that way. When main, you flat out say something. They're so hard. And I'm like, yo, how are y'all? <laughs> because I, I didn't like Hillary, but I also couldn't roll with Trump. So right. Like, oh, Hillary. Oh, you want the Central Park Five dead? Even after DNA evidence proved and overturned their conviction. This fool didn't say, oh, I'm sorry. This fool said... I still think they did, and it's like, well, I can't vote for that right. guy. And then right. the, he's so even true, the language that Hillary he's using, isn't a better uh, even the language that he's using, you know, calling all Mexicans murderers and rapists. And then when he said from shithole countries, when you really look at the facts, we all love Obama, but we know Obama was known to the Hispanic community as the deporter in chief. He deported the most people in the history of America. Now, I don't think that had much to do with him personally. Deportation is just something that happens. But the way he made you feel about it by not referring to someone's country as a shithole country was at least professional. And that's what I mean by like the Democrats Democrats do it better. They handle it better. Like Republicans are so like, oh, we're going to do it. We're going to keep it the same. And you're like, oh, we got to fight now. We got to do something. I got to stand up. It makes you feel Democrats do it in such a way. But my point is both parties have a lot of corruption right. a lot of ill practices to them yeah but I was hoping Stacey Abrams would win cause I was hoping Stacey Abrams would bring back Freak Nick bro come on man we need Freak Nick back I, look I grew up in South Georgia and all we could do was think about going to Freak Nick and I remember they had one spot available in the car and my homie was like man you might could come up there with us and I was getting excited I was like 14, 15 
But then Man, he was too young. But then I couldn't. I mean, nah, you could just go up there and look. Yeah, yeah but you didn't he, have to get like a hotel. And was gonna be confused about what was going on anyway at fourteen. Come on, bro. I ain't stop. know nothing about freaking. You, you at underestimate 14. me, bro. But I'm saying, if you lived in Georgia, you did all the Uncle Luke videos, Lil John, uh, Yin Yang Twins. Like it was just seen. like a thing I heard. Of, Whistle while you twerk. Remember that joint? Yeah, but I just wasn't there yet at fourteen. Nah, I mean, but I lived in Georgia, so. That was the culture, and you know, wanting to go to FAMU and all that. Yeah, that was the culture down there. Cats you want to go to Clark? FAMU games. You want to go all. to Clark or? Uh... Nah, everybody down there. Like I said, this was South South Georgia, so everybody down there wanted to go to FAMU because uh-huh. FAMU was pretty close to us. Whereas Atlanta was kind of a four hour, almost five hour drive from where oh, we okay. was. We was right on the line near Florida and Georgia, so they called it Florida. <laughs> And yeah, everybody wanted to go to FAMU. Everybody wanted to go to Freak Nick. So when I seen Stacey Abrams, I was like, oh, shit, now. We about to bring Freak Nick back. Right. Yeah, she lost. But like I said, even though she didn't win, I don't think she lost, even coming that close in those states. But yeah, even up here in uh, Harlem, Man, you know, was, you had the black so lady won, Letitia James. She won. And she's going to be the, uh, what is it, attorney general or whatever? Yeah. But uh, so that was good to see. And like I said, it's progress being made in certain places. But then, like I said, when you count the big losses, the Florida, the Georgia, even the Texas, where it's like, but what did y'all think? Florida going Florida, Texas going Texas and Georgia going Georgia. And then people forget they're connected to religion. Those people. So like I see online, people are shaming white women for who they voted for. And I'm like. I don't know why y'all think white women are running around voting for y'all interests. Like, they're still white women. Like, I mean, I don't know. It, and that's a weird thing, too. Like, vote shaming. Yeah, it's weird. Because on one hand, even if I disagree with you, technically, you know, it, it's up to you. Who yeah, you the whole Kanye for. thing. I, to can't, where it's I like, can't shame you for who you vote for. Exactly. It's like, how you going to shame me hand. for who I vote for? Even the whole Kanye thing, and I wanted to ask you, because I seen you had put up a post about starting to listen to some of his music again. So you you back on the Kanye train? Nah, this is it, because I, I, I was disappointed with him, uh, just based on the context of all his his music. It was always this understanding of the way things work, and they being very socially aware, right, right. Diamonds, and then, and diamonds in Sierra Leone. For me, the talking only, about the, that. The part, the Blood things I disliked about him, for one, wearing a "Make America Great" hat. I'm like, yo, Kanye. There's no way that you. Can. I think he just sees it as a brand. It's, I'm like, no, I that's what nice, you, but I'm like, no, no, I get no people no. being mad at it, but also I think he just sees it as a brand unattached from. Whatever no, else Trump no, is pushing. No, but I'm like, no, Kanye. That, but that whole hat thing, I'm like, yo, that whole mess is a mess. Nah, I get, great. I get what you're saying. It's completely. Although a, a I would defend time. his right to vote Republican and to and to say, hey, I'm voting Republican. Like, but that, those Democrats aren't the parts. Me, those aren't the parts I was upset with him about. I was more either. upset with him. You was more upset about based with upon some, with some of his behavior. I was like, Kanye, you know better. His material, you know better. Make Although, America Great Again message. I'm like, you let know me better. let me ask you this. You know better. Because you said, in particular, just it doesn't match up to you with his message in the music. Mm -hmm. Him talking about blood on the leaves, where he talked about mass incarceration. And, you know, the DEA hooked up with the CIA. They trying to lock niggas up. They trying to make new slaves. Like, he's always seemed very progressive and ahead. But what I think people forget about him is this. 
for a rapper, he's never been conventional. If you talk about somebody that makes soul beats, you know what I mean? If you look at the no, time. Dude, I'm, I'm not mad at it, but again, I'm not no, mad at it. No, no, not but I'm saying, certain particular I'm, 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 I'm going to throw this at you, and I'm gonna just, I want to see what you think. So I'm going to try to go here. I'm going to connect about four or five points, but I want you to just listen to what I'm going to say, and I'm going to see what you think of this. Like I said, as a rapper, he's never been stereotypical. He's making soul beats. That was at a time, 2001, Blueprint, when what's dominating is uh, Swiss Beats, even No Limit and uh, Cash Money, you know, very keyboard sounds, hitting two keys, the Swiss Beats. I'm still surprised it works. You know, DMX is literally three keys most of those songs. He's mixing the soul samples. So then you got the way he raps, you know, all the cats that's popular when he comes out, 2004, is 50 Cent. It's uh, Cameron and uh, Dipset all talking about guns and dope. This dude's talking about his mama going to college. This dude's talking about Jesus walks. Uh, even when you look at who he married, everybody thought he was going to marry some woke black girl and was kind of disappointed by even his choice in hey, but Kim who K, he chose Kim K, to go with. Nah, Kim then put a post where she's talked about racism and then deleted them because people are like, what? <laughs> and it's like, yeah, you don't know anything. We like you because we like what we physically see, but don't give us your thoughts at all, lady, because you stitched. Like I said, just like people being disappointed with the white women voting for who they voted for in those three states. It's like, hey, man, they're still white women. So even for Kim Kardashian, sometimes she'll say stuff and the black Twitter universe will get pissed. And it's like. She's still a white lady. Like Kendall Jenner, remember, put the shirt, the T-shirt she tried to sell with her picture yeah, and Biggie's big, picture. And it's like, like, shorty, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah, that like, was, why do you feel like trying to steal the culture. that legacy is okay for she's you to touch? To oh, 100%. Yeah. That was, Straight that was culture like really, vultures. Really disrespectful. And then, like I said, you know, people get them credit for being the most beautiful women in the, you know, world. And it's like, I mean, that's but, not even their face. But at the same time, they've been practicing beauty for so long that they should be good at it beauty you know? and but even then like i said that's not even their face so i i see but it as, still but that's part of like i see it as being connected of makeup like, and the clothes and all that but i see it as, that, i so. see it as being connected in like we wonder how trump's the president it's like the girl that you would say is the most beautiful girl in america that's not even her face that's like the that's like her sixth face and that's like her seventh booty like Hey. <laughs> so hey, people it, wonder how Trump's see, president and I'm like that's kind of how but Trump's also president because the Democrats are unwilling to adapt yes. to the situation at hand mm-hmm. they just went in there playing this old school game and it's like yo the game changed oh, and, Hillary and they didn't born. switch it up oh, right? and Hillary was born and she never denounced Bill Clinton to women that looked fake where it's like she, oh uh, he he, she, uh, she stole the Democratic bid from Bernie Sanders. No, 100%. And the Bernie bros never came over. So, and so it's like, bros, yo, I, I'm really disappointed with Hillary because I'm like, Bernie scared. how do you cheat and still lose the election? <laughs> exactly. She lost to Obama. I was, she cheated Bernie Sanders mm-hmm. out of that bid. And then they got a news or, or article recently saying Hillary is still the best hope for yeah. the Democrats. But I'm like, yo, 
She's not the best candidate. People Clearly. don't get that. It's reheated. She lost twice. She's yeah. reheated French fries. She is like the. I'm like, bu- yo, if y'all want to keep losing elections, yeah. keep nominating Hillary. She is like the Buffalo Bills in the. Uh, <laughs> when right. They kept going they to the kept Super Bowl. Super Bowl and they lost like three in a row. Big game and then lose. And just yeah. lose. And, and, and even this, she's not getting to the big game. I think I said it when she got there of like, she's Kobe with Shaq of like, Bill Clinton is pushing most of this along, like, that's the only reason she's even being considered. And people kept saying, well, she's the most qualified. And it's like, being qualified is a bare minimum. Like, people also have to like you and believe in you. And the way Trump ran was electric. He's authentic. Everybody if nothing can, else. You can say whatever you say, but Trump ran the he's best campaign. Which, and that's why he won. He's authentic. And I'm too. just like, I'm looking at the Democrats. I'm like, if y'all don't switch up the game yes. and look at what Trump did. It has to be like, somebody authentic. Dude, and if, if, if I ran against Trump, I would do exactly what Trump did. Yeah, you got to just. I'd go out there on the campaign trail and I'd be like, lock him up. Yeah. Lock he, him up. He's like, like a mixtape. Right, the, right no. Slogans and shit. All the crazy stuff he does. It's like, yo, 100%. I can't be poised and he's doing this entertainment. So I got I to gotta so switch up my, my Yesterday, game plan. they had a rally or whatever. Or no, he had to speak on the, you know, about the uh, Elect- pro- elections. And. There was a guy. What for? One guy asked him about Lil John, and I was like, I never, in all my years, thought I'd be listening to a president speak, and then someone in the media would ask a random question about Lil John. He was like, Yeah, so Lil John uh, said that you called once called him an Uncle Tom, and Trump said who? And I was like, Damn! I was wishing he went what? I would have oh, been like, Oh man, that's too good. But yeah. Then he shouted at the dude that worked for CNN and was like, oh, you got to get out of here. CNN should be embarrassed to even have you work for them, which is funny because the week ago, the dude that was sending the bombs sent the bombs to CNN. And then Trump had to come out and act like he fucked with CNN and felt sorry for them. It's like, fam, this is the kind of shit you talk up. And even today you had a shooter in uh, you had a shooter in California shoot 12 people. I don't know. Keep giving these nuts the guns. The lawmakers just refuse. Yeah, I know. I thought after Sandy Hook it would have changed. Address this stuff, I, and it's like, I thought after Sandy Hook, when you seen elementary school kids be yeah. murdered, you would change it. A good guy with a gun hasn't Yo, happened in a long time. I don't know time. what to say about the whole gun thing. So I'm going to ask you something, and this is going to lead to our next topic. Uh, in Florida, there was one, and I don't know if you've seen him, but he shot up a yoga studio, right? Of course, white guy, and he had been, you know, online on these sites ranting about women and went into a yoga studio basically and killed like four women. He had a history, though, like he was grabbing ass by the pool with some girl and she reported him. And of course, they didn't lock him up. And then another incident where he grabbed a girl. And then, like I said, they pulled up old videos of him online ranting about women, you know, hating women and not liking women. And. Uh, a theme for this show that I've been asking each guest. Well, most I asked the last guest, and I've definitely asked Andre a lot. Do you think legal, even with the Me Too movement, do you think legalizing prostitution might cut down some of that? Because legalizing prostitution. When you look at that guy, someone like that guy is obviously speaking about not liking women because women aren't paying him any attention. And I, I, every time I see that or I see some crazy Me Too story, I'm always like, yo, if y'all would just legalize prostitution, not that you would end it, but I think you could at least cut it 
down some if these dudes had a place they could go to get rid of that angst, you know, the uh, 16 bucks sucking fuck. Because, like I said, I'm looking at this dude who shot up the yoga studio. He shot two women, only shot and killed two women. And like I said, was playing a grab ass by the pool. And it's like, there's a lot of white dudes out there that's angry, like that women don't like them. And I'm like, even with like the yeah, whole... Yeah, but it's like, even if they could... I know it's about power even if they a lot. Could, well, I'm not, I don't even... I wouldn't even think to that level. But even if they... I feel like they could, you know, have like some sort of sexual interaction or whatever. Whatever makes them want to go in a place and shoot up something, I feel like that issue would still be there. No, they're also crazy. So, That's yeah, a big so, part of it. Yeah. But I'm saying just like... With the Proud Boys and some of this stuff that you see where it's just like, you're mad. And then there's two, like, separations, right? It's like, are you mad at women or are you mad, A, that women won't pay you attention? Which, that's A, I think that's an easy fix. And I do think legalizing prostitution could help some with that. But B is, and this is a higher level of thinking, is that you're not mad that women won't pay you attention. You're mad that the women you want won't pay you attention. <laughs> so you're like a six that's like, why that 10 won't talk to me? And it's like, fam, she'll talk to you. Like, I think we all knew a dude like that in high school, right? That you had to kind of pull back and be like, yo, fam, you, you aiming too high. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. women like you, just Stay not the lane. women you want yeah, to like. You, you got to lower your standards a little. But yeah, Stay he was a lane. fat white dude. So I'm looking at him like, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I bet you if you legalized it. Or even like, uh, not Harvey Weinstein, because I think he was too crazy, but. Somebody like Tavis Malley that was just getting at his assistance and shit. It's like, yo, I bet if he could just go across the street. Drop down that money because I was talking and I was talk, telling somebody like, because he was like, nah, prostitution is practically illegal. And I'm like, nah, because every now and then if you're famous, you get caught in the sting. Like we was talking about Marv Albert and Freaky Marv. You remember Marv Albert that worked for the NBA? No, I'm not familiar. He got caught uh, with a prostitution. It was like a high level prostitution ring. And they released not only, you know, names of clients, but... The prostitutes had to take the stand and they took the stand and told like, yeah, that one right there. He liked to wear women's panties. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So it's like, yeah. ah, damn, man. If, if it was legal, he wouldn't have got suspended by the NBA. And now we know all his business. Like every time he comes on the NBA to broadcast, I'm like, this motherfucker like women's panties. <laughs> and, you know, his wife and his kids got to deal with, you know. Damn, daddy like a negligee? Like, yeah. <laughs> my daddy like negligees. Oh, that's so weird. And you know his wife was probably like, yo, you just could have asked me. We uh talked about some sports here, man. What you what we you think about that. the Lakers, man? You, you like you know, the chances? I haven't, I haven't been keeping up, but all I know is regardless of what happens, I'm team Brian Brian. So, Team LeBron, so definitely. Go, go LeBron. <laughs> go LeBron. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, I like that you're... Uh, you're honest about that and that you know that you like LeBron. Because yeah, some people would be like, go Cavs. And I think even when he went to the Heat, you had people being like, go Heat, 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 Heat. And it's like, you like LeBron. Yeah, Just yeah. cheerful of LeBron. Dude, I'm definitely like a more of a player fan than the team. Only team I literally root for is the Carolina Panthers. And that's, okay. that's the home team. And that's the home Outside team. And UNC basketball. 
But yeah, I, I hate. I, I don't root for no teams. I root for players. I hate that LeBron is or the team is struggling and people got to figure it out. And it's just like, what do y'all want? Y'all act like he was gonna go. He undefeated wouldn't go there a year one and do that. He got to jail that. Yeah, he got to build it. He got to figure yeah. out who goes where. Yeah, and that's kind of yeah. Yeah, that's been his thing everywhere he's went. You know, they had to get rid of certain players. You know, and, when he went to Miami, he walked into a, a staple of superstars. So duh. But it even then, even then, they lost a lot and people yeah, were but panicking. They had to like, jail, but. They had a better chance of gelling because of what they had. Yes, and he also had to bring in two or three guys. Yeah. And it's like this team was built flawed. You got him, you got JaVel McGee, you got then you bring in, you know, Lance Stevenson and you bring in, you know, Rondo. And it's like you got a bunch of ball handlers. You gotta figure out what your interior game is gonna be, you right. know. And they just got Tyson Chandler. The and the I only mean the weird thing is I don't get why LeBron makes so much money and he don't either go bald. Or get his hair fixed. <laughs> He's too rich to have that type of hair. I was saying last episode, like, I think it's funny He's too that rich. he has the TV show on HBO and it's in a barbershop. Yeah. It's just like... <laughs> Bro, he's too rich to have that type of hair. I'm like, yeah. I don't get the issue. I think that's like either you got to go bald or buy some hair. That's funny about technology, though. As a man, like you can have all the money in the world, still can't make your hair look legit right. So cut it off. Which, that's just me. Shit, look at LeBron. Look at Trump. Where it's like, hey man, when your shit go, it go. Especially for a black man, it's like just bald it. Yeah, MJ yeah, had the baldy. Yeah, let it go. MJ had the baldy, so we all seeing know. that struggle hair. You right? Yeah, you know, black, mad, black men we don't look right with the struggle hair. Mad like, white people, men can do it. Well, like, not only that, but we clown, so we gonna be like Juan, take the hat off though. But not Juan, even take the hat off though. <laughs> but not even with that, I feel like we when we lose our hair, you be like, dang, you, you look like something wrong with you, right? But I feel like white guys can rock the horseshoe. They, they just yeah, we don't horseshoe at all. Like I, I mean, shit, it's fucked up. But I do a joke about it where it's like, nah, you know, there's three types of dudes. There's dudes with hair, there's bald head dudes, and then there's the dudes in the middle. And I'm always like, I've heard women say. They like bald head guys, and obviously women like guys with hair, but I've never heard a woman say, you know what I like? My man with hair on the sides. Right. So it's just when I see those dudes, I always it's do something think about like, an exposed scalp. Wait bitch. a minute. Like, yeah, what, why Why would you, unless you George Jefferson and you moving on up to the east side. Yeah, but that's even that interesting. No, back in the day, you could do it, but now that day Even is back gone. then, you couldn't do it. I bet it was you, brothers if you like, were old. Hey, but if you was old, who going to be mad at an old dude? Even when I get old, I'm not. Nah, oh, man. Dude. I'm going to cut my shit. But, uh, you old. I dare you to say something. I'm 60. So, <laughs> yeah. Speaking, speaking of your Panthers, Cam looks solid, man. Cam getting it done out there. You know, they started a little slow, but I think they 6-2 now. You know, so our team is good. always scary because the whole organization – it's based on how Cam Newton. Yeah, I know. The whole, if his energy is off. I'm proud as fuck of Cam, though, for this reason. That you, I mean, you know black quarterbacks, for whatever reason, don't really do too well in the NFL. And, I mean, most of it comes down to institutions, you know. Most of the time, if the coach like you, even if the coach do like you, the GM don't like you or the owner don't like you, you know, might feel like you cocky. So you had, like, Jamarcus Russell, who obviously went to the Oakland Raiders, and that's just bullshit there. So he didn't make it. Even the young boy in Tampa Bay, uh, shit, with the strange name, Jameis Winston. Oh, yeah. He's kind of struggling now, yeah. and it's like, damn, because you can kind of see the writing on the wall of they about to get him out of there, make yeah, him play back up. It's always and, tough with, with those type of quarterbacks because I feel like most NFL coaches – 
don't know what to do with them. It's like the college coaches have figured it out. Oh, 100%. But, but you're not most playing NFL the college coaches, coach system. They don't know. But what they kind of pigeonhole you. It. They pigeonhole you as a runner and then they try to run you on Wildcat. Like even uh, the young boy that won the Heisman, Louisville, uh, Lamar Jackson. Is okay, in uh, Baltimore playing behind Flacco, and they just bring him in on these strange packages, and it's like, can he not pass in the NFL, or are you not giving him the chance to even pass? Yeah, bro, it's, it's one of those weird things, because sometimes I feel like a guy's mechanics might be not what you want not to be. Not typical. But he makes plays. No, 100%. And I'd be like, so what you want? You want to win? Be bad, you want bad, some mechanics? You might as well have somebody that can make plays. You need to have a playmaker, bro. Dude, yeah, nobody will really ever agree bad. with me. Nobody will ever agree with me. But I'm like, yo, the NFL did Tim Tebow so wrong. Facts. I do agree His with mechanics might have been yo, ugly, but he made plays. I was sitting in a bar in Buffalo in those playoffs when he threw that pass yeah. against Pittsburgh. And it was nasty. And connected, and the bar went crazy. That's one of my favorite football yeah, dude. moments. His, his, it it under, was ugly, but he made the, the play. The underdog got his win That's the point. in the he playoffs. Made the play. and yeah, he always made I the play. in Canada playing baseball. But see, yeah, he's an odd case because, yeah, he kind of got treated like he was a black quarterback where you had to legit ask yourself, can he not pass or are you not giving him the chance? They wouldn't give him the chance. And no, 100%. You can argue whatever you so argue. When he got in the game, the he made The guy I love that I think got a raw deal was Vince Young. Vince Young's got a winning record as a starting QB, but when he, you know, Jeff Fisher never really liked him. And then when he pulled that little stunt where he went missing on a Monday night, they never really gave him the chance. So, I'm happy for Cam, like I said. I wish old boy would have stayed because then they were solid on both sides of the ball with uh, Josh Norman yeah, that went yeah. to Washington. And it's just like, man. Yeah, that's always hard when them contracts and offers come. Yeah. It's always the toughest part when you keep They only want to play with. QBs to where yeah. you even seeing that with the Raiders this year with Khalil Mack they got rid of him. They had David Carr on one side of the ball, or I called him David, but that might be his brother. But whatever, it's too many of them motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> but you had Carr on one side of the ball, and you had Khalil Mack on the other, and yeah. they looked like they was about to really wreck something. And then this year, it's all gone to shit, and it's just like, well, you traded Khalil Mack like for nothing, basically. Dude, the person that, bro, for me, still, I'm still so mad about when the Panthers let Steve Smith go. Yeah, that was because disrespectful. Who, what, who, who was that playoff, that Super Bowl against? Ravens. No, it was against the Broncos. Oh, yeah, that y'all Dude, lost to. And all y'all we, needed was a playmaker. One touchdown. If we had Steve Smith, it's no way we don't get Somebody that touchdown. Somebody had to catch it. There's no way we don't get that touchdown. It's impossible. It a few yards it's impossible after. we don't get that touchdown with Steve Smith. So I'm like, yo, why, what the fuck? We, what? How do you let go, Steve? Yeah. Steve Smith deserved to retire a Panther. Right. Right? Like, that was the most bullshit. He went to the Ravens. Did he, he went to the Ravens. getting the chip? Because nah. they wanted, I, I don't, can't remember. No, they wanted before. I, yeah, they wanted before. Like he didn't get a in. chip, but, you know, he did his thing out there. He got hurt. You know, I'm, I'm proud of Cam because, yeah, Cam, uh, of course, you know, let's get it done on the field. And like I said, most black quarterbacks by year three, because we seen what they did to RG3, where it's just like they did not believe in him. And, I mean, he broke all the records as a rookie and then got hurt out there. And then the second but year, you know, they the, didn't the believe in him. The thing that I, I respect about Cam's style is his ability to run is is a secondary weapon. Yes. 
And he he's not out there just he, trying he to run. And he's out there trying that. to do what he got to do, but it's like, okay, nothing's there, and now we're running. Definitely. Adapted. That's what a, a, a athletic uh, – the job of the quarterback is still to pass the ball. Uh, you still got to pass the ball. I was getting nervous. But if you have the ability to make something happen in trouble right. – then, oh, that's like I was shit. getting nervous when you said his style because I thought you was approving the shit he wear after the game. Nah, not at all. That motherfucker's top ten in the memes. I don't know what he be doing with when him. they hit, when he had the big hat on and they said uh, if you don't do something by ten mi- or by midnight, I'll poison the city's water supply because they were oh, saying yeah, he yeah. looked like a Batman villain. I was yeah. like, yeah, Cam. Yeah. It's it's like him and Russell Westbrook when it comes to yeah, dressing. I don't know what they, they be, be wearing doing some shit clothes. that is like, bruh, like, I don't know doing? who your stylist is, but I hope that you don't pay him. Right. This is just I don't too, know what they be doing with them clothes. But I, I get it too to a certain extent. It's like, you know, they got mad money. It's like, whatever, nigga. I'm about to wear fox fur tonight. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Which I hate that too because they you always wear a fox fur kind romper. of flag them on where and it's like, ah, they romper. be dressed wild and, you know, that's they're too focused on what they wearing to lead a team because, you know, the old the Ben Roethlis burgers and shit, they come in with just jeans and a Rico t-shirt. You can't even tell that they play in the league, you know. But it's they like, got so what? That's the stuff that's dumb. It's like, so what? We've so flamboyant. Everybody don't got to do the same thing. I was laughing this what week. What he do when he get to work? One right. of the players on New Orleans did the Joe Horn, and that was the era we came up in with the receivers, right? The mm-hmm. receivers that was Divas, T.O., the Chad Johnson, right. uh, Joe Horn. And it was just a lot of them to where, remember, they rolled it back to where you couldn't even celebrate after. Because <laughs> yeah. Joe Horn pulled the show, the uh, cell phone out of his f- shoe and all that. Oh, when they was going and crazy. Chad Johnson was on the sidelines with the Hall of Fame yeah. jacket. And it was just like, yo... No more celebrate. Everybody getting fined. Yeah, excessive celebrations. Those are some good celebrations. A hundred percent. That was the era. To uh, spike the 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 cowboy star. Right. <laughs> oh, that was the moment. Yeah. Bruh. And then they came and pushed him off the star, yeah. and it was like, nah, bro, not right here. To, bro. And to crying. To you, bro. That's my quarterback. <laughs> That's when he cried in Dallas when he was uh, with Tony Romo. Remember no, they I lost and he cried. Yeah, and To was a character. Yeah, T. O. That was the To played his heart out though. No, hundred percent. You can't say they ain't played hard. And again, that's another player coming across the middle and getting I, I wrecked. Like he got his just due. He'll get it though. He'll get it. He gonna well, get not the even, well, not even that. I'm talking about as a player. But I hated the excessive celebration thing for this reason. In real life, real life ain't like that, right? Like, you ever be in the strip club and somebody buying bottles and you sitting there and you got $60 in your pocket? And it's like, ain't no referee to come over and be like, excessive celebration, right. flag <laughs> on the play. You see that man is broke? Stop doing that. Right. Like, <laughs> nigga, it's no can't do that, right? <laughs> excessive how, celebration. How are you too happy? Right, right. exactly. <laughs> excessive Don't celebration. be happy you earned this hard-ass touchdown. <laughs> I, I wish real life was like that, though. Like I said, tax time when everybody, you know, they got kids, get their little 7000 back. Yo, that and, would be hilarious. And you sitting there broke. And if it was like, a tax time referee? <laughs> Like, hey, excessive celebration, flag on the play, posting, uh, you know, pictures with all the money and the flag new car the you brought. You have two, your party is too big for Red Lobster on a Tuesday. You know Phil Hunt uh, follows you, and he can see that. He didn't get no money back because he ain't busted no nuts. Flag on the play, you bought 18000 George and your rent wasn't paid. Flag on the play, yeah, 100%. <laughs> excessive celebrations. But, uh, man, yeah, you... You want a few cats I relate to in comedy because you come from a different place. We both transplants. So, uh, you from Carolina, right? Yeah, I'm from Durham, North Carolina. Durham in particular. Yeah. Okay, word. Uh, how long you been here, man? I've been here uh, 
six going on seven years now. April will be seven years. When you came out, I'm going to ask you this because I I got a lot of cats back in Indianapolis and all over that I've met that, you know, they'll ask me, you know, what I think about coming out and trying to do comedy. And one of the first things I always tell them is, hey, man, you got to have a life plan. Like, fuck comedy because you probably not going to make any money doing comedy, you know, in your first year here. Right. So you got to figure out life. And obviously I figured out, you know. All right. Can we pause real quick? All right. Trying to hold it. So, yeah, man, uh, we had to take a little break, but we back. Uh, yeah, but I be trying to tell cats, like, yeah, you got to worry about what you're going to do as far as a job. Obviously, myself, I figured out cabin, you know, yellow right. cabs always existed in New York. You know, I've seen the movies. Yeah. So they've been consistent since the 70s. So I yeah. figured I'll do that. And, you know, getting off by five o'clock is the key or getting off to Having where you them can go free. hit the open mics Having them free, is the yeah. key thing if you want to do comedy in New York. So, yeah, what was like your plan as far as coming to New York? What made you want to come and like you know tell some of your stories, man? man I, I first of all, I wish I had a plan coming to New York. I kind of just came and yeah. figured shit out. You know what I'm saying? You had <laughs> like, a little money saved thing, up. Only, for. I didn't have no money, to, bro. My, the way it happened for me was I was in college, right? Uh, I'm like a fifth year senior. Ah, oh, shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and you know, I, in the city, I was a party promoter. I was pretty, you know, known around the city. Uh, right. I did my own shows, and I did homecoming comedy show every year. Then that last year, they asked me to do the homecoming comedy show, and I did it. And it, it was a great, it was a great experience, dude. Support and everything. And then after the show, I was just kind of walking around. I was just like, I was like, "Am I gonna be the king of comedy at North Carolina Central University?" Yeah. I was like, yeah. I was like, the Where? local joker. Yeah. I was like, every, I was every like, city what has this? one. And Go then, see Wild Will Wednesdays. Yeah, and I was just like, I'm, I can't, I'm just gonna be the king of, of Central, and that's it. Yeah, I was like, I don't. That just didn't make sense to me. I was like, I, I did the homecoming comedy show every year, and it went well. The people, oh, you're funny, you're funny. I'm just like, it was. I guess it was like, what else? Like, I'm I, just gonna be. The, I felt the same way I'm coming from Indianapolis yeah. to where it felt like okay, and even you know, as a black comic, mixing in with the white comics and the mainstream comedy scene. You kind of get become that guy, and it's like, okay, so am I really even that good at comedy, or do they just need a different voice? Right. And are they just excited to see me because I'm the black guy on the show? Right. And it's like, so I had to find out, and there wasn't even a huge black comedy scene within, you know, Indianapolis for me to test myself against, you know? They did like a little black comedy show at a theater once a month. And I remember bombing my ass off at it and then thinking like, damn, I need that experience of being in Harlem on a Monday and going and doing uh, mo- mochas, right. mocha lounge on a Monday. So you, you, know, you knew about mochas before you moved? Here. Nah, not that I knew about oh, okay. mochas necessarily, but saying how good a test that is to have to, every to Monday level you are. to say it. You can literally say, I need to get up in front of this type of crowd or that type right, of crowd right, in New York. And then there's a show within that week that you can go test that material in front of that very right. crowd. In Whereas in Indianapolis, I it's may have crowd. been getting up two, twice a month and I didn't have the test to say, yeah. oh, I can get uh, up in front of this crowd. one crowd. <laughs> 100%. So then you came to New York and you've been here. How long you said? Five years? Six years? I've been here, yeah, six, almost seven years. And you always been in Brooklyn, man? Yeah, no, i always been in Brooklyn. Yeah, Brooklyn Did you come with Derek Thompson or y'all came nah, he separate? No, came, he came the, the, the next year. 
Oh, that's crazy. So you, you came before sure. him. Yeah, I always yeah. would see y'all together and I always assume y'all nah, came nah, together. Came but you kind of came on your own mission. Yeah, yeah. And started from there. Did you, uh, What made you even want to do stand-up comedy, man? Like, did you <sighs> grow up watching it or? No, nah, I mean, I grew I'm not going to say that in, in too detail. It was more or less like I grew up watching the sitcoms from the 90s. Okay. So like Martin, yeah, uh, Martin. Fresh Prince. All that. Uh, Jamie Foxx show. That's the golden era right there. Right, bro. yeah. Every channel, some night at eight, you can turn on, watch some funny see stuff. a black yeah. comic, and even if he wasn't a black comedian necessarily, a comedic actor, Will Smith. Yeah, you see those really strong those different comedic people. actors. Dude, that shit looks so fun to me. Yeah, just the, it just looked fun. The voices and the characters, and I was like, oh, that's, what I, that's so fun. I want to yeah. do it. So all I knew... Is I knew I wanted to be a comedic actor. That's all I knew. Yeah. And so I was playing sports and shit, and I was always like in the back of my head, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna go to the NFL when I'm done. I'm gonna go be a comedic actor. And that was just whatever. <laughs> he thought she was gonna be like Michael Strahan. So, yeah, right. But clearly <laughs> the NFL shit ain't happened. <laughs> Which Michael Strahan was on Blackish, and they finally made the joke that he looks just like Anthony Anderson. Oh, that's so funny. he played like his brother. Or oh something. yeah, that's right. He played and the cousin. And it had me there. laughing. He played I was cousin. like, Oh, he, I, I'm glad they connected those yeah, two. Yeah, yeah. Like that makes for sense. years, you've been looking at them and being like, Damn, yeah, Anthony kind of the ugly version of Strahan, or the fat <laughs> version, but he just slimmed up now, so they look even Strahan's, more like Strahan's the richer version that's all right but, uh, <laughs> so yeah you just grew up watching comedians. yeah so actors. yeah watching those things not that's all i knew i just knew i wanted to be who's a comedian. uh who's some of your favorite comics now that's in the game who's just out there that's in the game right now they gotta be they don't really gotta be big but it uh, could just be somebody you've seen or you know who really inspired you is the chris rocks the Chappelle's. but oh i, I mean i, I like it, the current it's, names it's kinda, too it's kind of com- complicated for me because realistically growing up the first guy i ever looked at was Martin Lawrence. It was the first comedian I ever looked at. What, was what, what Martin okay, Lawrence yeah. Was Martin was huge. Def Jam. Which is so crazy. Martin. Just, I, was just I wish like we could shit. see him on more now, but it's like, that I era mean, but, was just yeah. so, so Martin. Like, he owned the 90s. No, 100%. And Def what he did was just jam. so legendary. Remember the Big Bird shit? Where the lady said yeah, it was yeah, in the yeah. all yellow. Don't wear that shit. The show's like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know Big, Big Bird went out of business, but what damn. What the fuck going on? Yeah, Tell yeah. mama don't wear this shit yeah. no more. Uh, <laughs> man, yeah, Martin just owned, nah, that shit was owned great. the 90s. That shit was bro. great. Everything he did. I love his HBO special, uh, You So Crazy. It's yeah, funny You So Crazy. The Rodney, the Rodney Dangerfield yeah, joke. He, don't like, he said no the Mexicans respect. didn't even yeah. know what the cause was about. Yeah. <laughs> the way they beat Rodney. Rodney Dangerfield was wrong. <laughs> was fucked up. He don't get no respect. He said the Mexicans was just rioting. They didn't nah, even know which Rodney funny, they had beat up. That was, shit was great. Yeah, man. Martin. Martin is definitely one Martin of the cats. Dope, I remember man. my f- father and everybody just going crazy about Martin and watching Def Jam. And I soaked that up. Like, right. like yeah, man. No, yeah, yeah. That's, that shit was dope, man. But, uh, so yeah, just watching those things. But I, that's all I can say. I went to school making voices, and that was just who I was. Right. Uh, growing up, and I wanted. I never thought I could actually do stand up. I was like, man, I know I'm funny. I don't think I can do stand up. I I, I don't know. I just never thought Instagram I could do cats it. Cats will be like, yeah, it's hard. Like uh, I remember watching that Shiggy interview on Breakfast Club, and he was like, I've tried that, but it is hard. And it's yeah. like, yeah, man, it's a lot harder. You gotta than it love looks. it. That's the only way you can do it. A hundred percent. You yeah. have to because of the ups and downs. Seinfeld said a great quote. Seinfeld said, "You can't want to do it. You gotta need to do it." Yeah, you you can't. 
Because there's no he, point. It, it, the struggle is too much. It's we too did much. a lot of mics together. We did, you know, the Parkside Lounges and yeah, the Bar 82s, the, the, the Karma Lounge. What's the other one? Identity Bar. Identity Bar. <laughs> we did a lot of mics together. Yeah. Like I said, it's, it's great to see you having some success now. Like I said, you just won the uh, New York Comedy Club Contest, the fourth annual uh what is your strategy as far as contests? Because I, I obviously did. You did March Madness yeah, yeah, this past that. year. Yeah. You um, made it pretty only far. Only went to the third round. Though. I, I did, but still, you got to strategize for it. And even to make it to the third round out of 64 comedians, that's yeah. big. Like, even myself, being the runner-up, I was a little sad being the runner-up, what, a year or two ago? And somebody told me, like, hey, man, it's 64 comics. You didn't beat one. Like, you yeah. did pretty damn good, but yeah. I wanted to ask you, what's your strategy as far as comedy contests go? Man, comedy contests are 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 difficult, weird, and I own a thing of their their self. It's yeah, it's, it's related a, to stand up, and it's not. It's it's hard to explain, like because we do it for free so many nights to where the results don't matter. Not that even, when they finally do, it becomes a little different. Not even that, because I honestly, for me, I don't even care about the results as in the prize. I don't give a fuck about what's on the line doing a comedy competition. Yeah, I try not to for look. Me, either. it's it's more about the win because it might psych. I just want to win, just because. It's fun to win. You just want to have a great can. set. Well, right. Because you but can't really control the outcome. So beyond that, so even, okay, so let's just say I'm not thinking about what's on the line. Right. Because that's going to put too much pressure on yourself. Just say, hey, man, I want to, it'd be nice to win something. Right. You know what I'm saying? But you <laughs> logically know if there's and 64 then go beyond, in. Then go beyond that to do well. Cause, okay, so my experiences with, with Mars Madness was this. And that's what really prepared me for the New York Comedy Club competition. Yeah. Was having that experience. So if first you guys round, don't know, Mars Madness is a big tournament. Or it's Caroline's set up, Comedy it's set up Madness. Just it's like, Comedy Madness. It's yeah. set up just like Mars Madness in the NCAAs where you're going head-to-head with a comedian. And one of you got to go home, basically. And it yeah, starts off week. one minute. And by the last round, you have to do a About total 25, of 25 yeah, minutes 25, because yeah. you're doing... One ten minute set in the final four, and you're doing one fifteen minute set in the final round. Uh, I was in the final round myself, and yeah, it's a daunting task because in the beginning it kind of chokes out the experienced comedian because you can only do one minute, right. and in one minute everybody looks the same no matter what your experience right. is. Right. And then on the back end of the contest, it kind of chokes out the inexperienced person because you have to do two. You have to do two different sets, one ten minute, one fifteen, and it can't be the same thing because it's on the same night. Right, right. So it's a great contest, one of the best comedy contests in the city. Right. Uh, and yeah, Quan did it. What's so your by, strategy by doing, by doing that though? So essentially, so but the learning of it was okay. First round, I didn't really take it that seriously, right? Yeah, and you're so like, I'm I went, just happy to be. Yeah, here. and I just went and just did a set. Happy to be right, here. and it went phenomenal. Yeah. The second round, I was like, oh, shit, I actually got through. Right. So I'm like in my head, like, 100%. fuck, yo, I, I want to win. I want to win. And then the second round, I did good enough to win, but my set wasn't the best. Right. Right. So then what I realized is when you put that pressure to win, it fucks you up. A little. You can't yeah. even think. Of, the weirdest thing is you can't even think about winning at all. Uh, when you're doing a competition, your only goal is to have an accurate set. 100%. That's it. Because... Yeah, you're just trying to have an accurate set. Because if you think about... Tra- if you go on the stage trying to win, you're not going to do your Especially show. Especially in the beginning. You're like not going to you do said, your show. Because it's one minute and it's just like... 
But there's two different strategies, and I gotta honestly say, just like you said, coming into something as big as Mars Madness, 64 comedians, I had to say to myself, like, damn, it's 64 people just get out here and have fun. But then once I hit like the third round of it, I'm like, oh shit, I could probably win this. Because I was kind of knowing, like, look, in one minute, somebody might could do as good as me. But you give me five minutes, that's the sweet spot. I don't yeah. think there's a whole lot of people that can beat me in and that's five what, minutes. And that's what's interesting, so, though. That's what's very interesting. But you got to get to that five minutes. As the you start to see people get more get weaker. confident. People, well, certain, people, certain people, certain people, people get stronger. It's a really good contest because it's very, it's very interesting. In the to beginning, watch, you got to be quick, and by the end, you got to be, you got to yeah. have that amount of time. And it's that very interesting to watch. That. And obviously, me and you both know Nico, but Nico's a good friend of mine. And Nico, having had won it, would always just kind of be like, "Yeah, man, you know." <laughs> I'm rooting for you. Like, come on, man. Pull pull through it. He having won it gave me some pointers. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, you got to... With contests, you think this. You think, A, okay, there's two kind of strategies. You think, A, either do all your best stuff up front because you don't want to lose and say, damn, I held that one joke. Or, you know, B, you say, right, I'm going to do my B set because... The next set, I'm going to pull out the good stuff that they ain't seen yeah, yet. But, but so, the, the fortunate part is you can do the same joke every week. Cause it's a new well, yeah, artist. that's with March Madness. And that's then the certain, some contests you can't do. Okay, with that, with when the you got to do different sets. The particular ones like, I've had hadn't been that experience. So yeah. my, my whole thing isn't necessarily like a saber joke. My main thing is to be as funny as possible, as fast as possible. Right. Because once you got the audience... You got the audience. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? If you was, if you uh, start to taper off later on, it doesn't matter if you make them. Because the audience, if let's say that you have uh, a couple great jokes, a couple decent jokes, right? right? And you try to say, hey, man, I'm going to spread it out and have something good in the middle and something great at the end so I can walk off. Right. But you have a bunch of okay shit in the middle. You might have lost The them. audience don't believe you're funny. Yeah, you might have lost them by the time you fire, get to that killer joke. Right. But if you come out and on fire... You prove that you're funny For and the audience trusts you a little more. don't know, and the listeners, obviously, is what I'm speaking of. And let me see if you ever heard this, because the vets, where I come from in Indianapolis, always told us to stack our sets like this. He was like, you do your second best joke first, and you close on your best joke. Because all people remember is how you start and how you finish. They don't even remember the middle. Yeah, yeah, I remember hearing and, that. And that's and one that, of the, That was how I started off my strategy, but then one day, I, when I, once I realized if... If I finish strong, but I was okay in the middle, it doesn't matter. Right. But if you start off on fire and finish weaker, you're that's a better position. Yes. It's 100%. the weirdest thing. It's the weirdest 100%. thing. But if you okay and then nah, nobody's gonna get the away. other line of thinking that the vets gave me in Indy was, you know, you like a uh, Chris Shaw. Shouts out to Chris Shaw, by the way. That's my mentor. That's my sensei. But he told me, uh, you know, you you kill Monday through. Wednesday, you kid or no you, you uh build Sunday through Wednesday. Meaning you try jokes out, you experiment Sunday through Wednesday, and then Thursday through Saturday you kill. Like that was the train frame of mind. He kind of told me to be in. Like you know, there's no real reason for you to do your best set on a Monday. I mean, obviously you always want to do your best depending on who's there. The circumstances might change. Obviously, if you're doing an audition, kill. But, you know, on a Monday, typically it's less people. So, 
right. versus that Saturday. You don't want to be that dumbass that's trying new jokes on the Saturday night show and yeah. bombing, and then you know you look bad and your booking slow up. But yeah, man. So you you won the contest, and yeah, man, that's dope, man. Having a dope year. You're in the uh, New York's funniest. Yeah, yeah. New York's so funniest. That's, that's, that's great. That's this Saturday. weekend, right? Yep. Saturday. Saturday. What time? Saturday at four thirty. Four thirty at Caroline. So if anybody listen to this. Definitely go check that out. Yeah, I got. Yeah, the, I had the pleasure of doing that last year. Yeah, yeah, man, it's a big stage, and that's a dope accomplishment, man. We want to get to the fight night portion of this, man. I'm going to ask you some questions about fights and, you know, some stories. The who's, the what's, the when's, the where's, the how's. Uh, let's start off. Do you remember, like, your first fight, man? Yeah, actually. Actually? Yeah. Was it a win or a loss or a draw? It was more of a confusion. <laughs> yeah, cause nobody because, ever explains fights to you. Yeah, I was, I was a little kid, right? And I, I had uh, lived in the projects. Okay. For a year, I went and lived with my aunt and uncle in the country. Okay. Right, and then I moved back to the projects, and I just I never fought nobody a day in my life. Yeah. And this dude in the neighborhood, he just he just like hit me one day, like he just beat me up, and he was like, "I'm trying to teach you how to survive out here," or. Some, some shit like that. Yeah, he was like a, a year or two older than me. Yeah. And he just beat About me up. And I was you? just, uh, this was like second grade. Damn. So, and he was like, what, fifth grade maybe? Maybe, yeah, somewhere so around there. He, he might have like, been hey, sixth grade. He was just like, look, Quan, I'm trying to teach you what it yeah. is out here. And I didn't know what five was. I didn't understand. I'm like, why are you hitting me? Like, That's good. And me. I wish I had somebody do me like that because, yeah, the reality is, you know, yeah, you're going to have to survive. And there's dudes that, you know. You got to earn your respect less than they going to give it to you. Yeah, so, yeah. No, you definitely had to in, in that particular Because I remember, yeah. like, you know, my first fights or so, your your world and your innocence is just shattered because you're just like, oh. And usually somebody's taking something from you, and it's like nobody ever sits you down and says, hey, man, there's going to come a point where you're going to hit somebody or somebody going to hit yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was very confusing. I didn't know what So he beat on. you up, and then, like, did he... He beat you up? Did he? He like... beat me up that time. It, it's it's very faint memories, but I remember him specifically beating me up that time. Right. But I, I remember. I, I think the first time I won a fight against him, it was because I kicked him real good. <laughs> All I know karate. is I kicked him. Yeah, I karate kicked karate him. Karate kid. And that's him. when he stopped bothering me. When I finally like you pulled out the back. Cobra Kai <laughs> on him. You know what? It was a night and everything was karate movies and stuff. Right. So that's how that's what you visualize. Yeah, the story I had told on here was uh, I had watched a kung fu movie with my father and I headbutted a cat. But before I headbutted him, I bowed. Why the fuck? I don't know, man. I was watching movies, (laughs) but I remember deciding after that, like never headbutt nobody again Mm -mm. and don't bow because it hurt my head. But most importantly, don't bow. I, I know, take right? the headbutt over the bow. But why you bow? You're to getting me, knocked though, the fam? fuck out trying to like, bow. What was that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I did it, and we, me and the dude both wound up in the nurse's yeah, office because my head was out hurting. here bowing and shit. Yeah, the headbutt, boy. You got to know how to do that. that. You got to watch the YouTube tutorial before you do that. Nah, so. Fuck that. I ain't headbutt. So yeah, dude did that and told you, Quan, it's a cruel world. Yeah, and you just kept fucking with me. Right. But what was interesting is, is after that fight. And then I go outside and play with the other kids. <laughs> I had to fight all the time after that. 
So that really was like <laughs> yeah. a step into what knew. the neighborhood was. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like and now said, as we say that out loud, I'm like, oh shit, he really was preparing me. Yeah. I didn't think about that back then. I was just like, yo, why are you hitting me? Right. But now as we talk about, I'm like, you know what he did You're prepare like, oh, me man, for what friends. that neighborhood was. Yeah. And yeah, I wish I had somebody like that because I can remember, like I said, my father being military. Military is kind of a social experiment. Uh, if you don't know, like. It's literally most people from the worst environments put together in a remote location. Mm-hmm. So it's mad kids from the projects, trailer parks, whatever, together. But it's still your father gets paid on the 1st and 15th. So it ain't like going to the projects. I remember my father's from, you know, Indianapolis, Blackburn Terrace. Those are projects in Indianapolis. And we would get dropped off over there. And I can I remember being about 10 and kind of figuring out like, oh, the energy over here is different. Like when I go to the park in my little, you know, base life, the kids is all there to play for the most part. There's a few kids that you got to look out for because they trying to, you know, they want to embarrass you basically. Right. <laughs> but when we was in the process, I learned like, damn. They not gonna give you your respect. You come out, you got a basketball or something. They gonna take that. Yeah. If you don't stand up for yourself and say that's mine, and I'm willing to punch you in the face about it. Yeah. And I kind of had to figure that out on my own. Of like different environments, it's different ways you gotta move. And yeah. So yeah, it's good that dude did that for you. Uh, do you remember like your worst fight, like your worst loss that you took? I'll never forget my worst loss. I <laughs> <laughs> never forget it? No. Nope. Well, about what grade was you in and how this was, old? This was sixth grade. Sixth grade. Okay. I don't remember how old I was. Don't say his name because we don't want him to beat you up again, man. Nah, for real. <laughs> don't say his name. Like, for real, man. That nigga whooped my ass. He'll come man. to one of your comedy shows. This is what was the, the worst part about losing that fight. Is in sixth grade, right? Mm-hmm. I was like Hell. the second tallest person in the school. I'm like, one the, I'm like one of the biggest kids. So in you the got school. your growth spurt kind of early, and I was a bully. Oh, <laughs> See, so, you ain't yeah. tell us that part. Yeah, no, I used to bully people. Like, you was the bully. I used to walk around like telling people, "Yo, shut up! Don't you talk back to me?" Oh, Just punching shit. people for no reasons, right? Hilarious. And I don't even know how me and this dude got into it because I was trying so hard to be a thug, and it was one of my friends, QB. Something happened with him and the dude, and then the dude, my boy QB, was like, "Hey, Quan, handle my light work." And I didn't even know what was going on. So I walked up. I was like, yo, who got beef with us, yo? And then, <laughs> so you was being loud. Yeah, I didn't even know what was going on. And then the dude, like, so back then, before a fight starts, everybody used to push each other first. You yeah. do the shove contest, right? Yeah. So I got my shoulder pressed against him. He's like, yo, man, the fuck is wrong with you? Whatever. And then I pushed him. But he didn't push me back. He punched me. Yeah. And, he, and this dude was like... I was like second tallest. He was like the tallest in the school. Mm-hmm. So his reach was so far that once he started punching me, I, <laughs> I literally just couldn't do nothing. I, it was just oh, you got got with the reach. Yeah, it was. But just you was I could tall, do. right? Yeah, but was he, he was taller than you. He was taller than me. He was the tallest in the school. That's what's weird about fighting is kids. Like you never know who you fighting or how old they are. And yeah. sometimes you fighting somebody that's much older or physically mature than you. Yeah. I tell you what, I got, got with the reach one time to him and tell this story right quick. Uh, it was a cat that had got beat up. Right. And this is always sensitive in school. Cause you know, once you get about sixth grade, you think you got a reputation and the girls start watching and yeah. seeing who can that's fight. So and that's what be embarrassing. They're like, yeah. Juan got knocked out the I other never, day. It was this girl I, said, <laughs> I had a huge crush on in my art class. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this girl, 
<laughs> and and I, when I went to try to flirt with her, she was like, you be getting beat up. Like, <laughs> like, like, yeah, man. That start getting embarrassing. But yeah. I'm always glad that we didn't have the cameras. Yeah, Because the yeah. young kids got I'm the cameras now. Somebody done retweeted man, you. you know, so Your man. ass whooping then got 10,000 likes. People commenting. I couldn't handle that. Dude. Nah, hundred percent. I don't went crazy. I understand, if they would put like me uh, in that position. I don't went crazy. The kid that jumped off the Tappazee Bridge. Now that was a little different. It was, you know, his roommate basically busted him, him out for being gay. But I'm saying the same type shit of like shame, yeah. and then it being put on social media, right. people commenting, and he couldn't take the pressure. Jumped yeah, off the Tappazee Bridge. But I couldn't have dealt with that. Definitely with World Star, Personally, I see that shit with all that. the World Star shit of just like hell. No, nah, I'm glad my shit was before these yeah, cameras. I, I couldn't that. Speaking of which, why the fuck is World Star called World Star Hip Hop? Shouldn't it be called World Star Fist Fights? Like, come on. Yeah. I ain't never logged on there for no damn hip hop. I don't think I've ever, even when it was probably about hip hop, right? For hip hop, like nigga, stop playing. We here for the fist fights. We want she Sharkeisha. Right. But <laughs> anyway, so about the reach, dude had got knocked out at school, and literally somebody do a joke about this, but it's like I'm all I've always been small. Everybody laughing about him getting knocked out on his way to like, you know, you know, can't get knocked out or whatever. You got to leave school to the office. Kind of look back, I guess, and must have seen me laughing too hard that he got knocked out. <laughs> so I'm hanging out with one of my homies and we at the Boys and Girls Club or we called it the Youth Center on base. But and I'm just standing there with him or whatever. You know how you never know a cat mad at you. This cat walks up, basically shakes hands with me. Shakes up with me and then kicks me in the chest. Like, mm-hmm. as he's walking away, I mean, kicked me, like, hard. I had asthma back then, dog. I fell on my knees. I couldn't breathe. I was so mad, though, because he did it on his way out and just kept walking. So I said, nah, like, in my mind, I'm like, nah, I got to get this motherfucker. I can't let that be the end of this. So the next week, I seen him at school. And I kind of told him, like, yeah, man, the next time I catch you up there, we fighting. Now, this dude is already, I'm five foot something, and this dude probably is six foot. But I just had to do it, dog. I remember just, like, running through his punches and just hitting them and connecting once. But he didn't hit me in my nose, my vision blurry, the blood is on my shirt. And just being mad and just having to take them punches because you didn't know nothing about boxing back then. Like, nah, this cat got way more reach than you. Like, he's going to whoop your ass. And I remember, like I said, him (laughs) blurring my vision to where people yelling out, Phil, just stop. (laughs) You're just taking the L. But I was so mad that he did that. Like I said, and we was friends later, but it was like, fam, how you going to get mad at the smallest dude for laughing at you for getting knocked out? That's why. (laughs) But yeah, they always try to get mad at the smallest dude. That's why. Like, ah, little Phil says something, yeah, I'm going to beat his ass. And it's like, come on, man. How you going to get mad at me? All right, so you told us your worst loss. You remember, like, your best win? Like, did you ever experience somebody bullying you and shit? I never experienced those type of fights. Because the thing is, again, growing up, I was bigger than everybody. So besides that particular fight, every other fight that I had ended at the shove because when I would push people they would fall on the ground. He <laughs> <laughs> was that big. Yeah, yeah. I was just really bigger than everybody. Big kid. Yeah. So yeah, that was You told me something about a game one time. Oh shit. He's digging in the closet now. Nah, nigga. Ah. <laughs> nah, nah. I mean 
I participated in a in, in, a, in a a fight where you know we ganged up on a dude one time. So you jumped somebody before? Yeah, yeah, we jumped them, man. I, ain't gonna, I felt guilty as shit. After. Hell yeah, you I gotta feel that way shit. after. I've never jumped anybody. Yeah, I felt guilty. Got as in shit a few hits that, on man. somebody. Yeah, yeah. Did they come back for you or no? I mean, fortunately, uh, he didn't because there was a lot of behind the scenes stuff that happened that yeah that shouldn't Some have happened. Shit. Yeah, yeah, that shouldn't have happened. And fortunately, they didn't come to that. But yeah, man, we jumped this dude, man, and ah, oh, man, I just stomped him. Damn, put the stomp on him. him. We, we freestyle. The fucked up part, we got into the fight from a freestyle rap. From a freestyle rap battle? Yeah. Which is funny. You see that everything. No, that wasn't the cause. That was a setup. Got you. That was a setup. Yeah. We were like, oh, we just going to freestyle and then we going to beat his yeah, ass. Man. Yeah, we did yeah. that, man. I, and I, I mean, one of those dudes, he still, he was he was banging it. So he stayed into that. Yeah. Like, but after that, I, I never got into another physical altercation because I was like, I, I don't know. Yeah, you don't know where it's going to lead as an yeah. adult. You Right, bro, as an adult. And if fighting out of school is different because ain't nobody going to stop y'all. Right, no, we was outside so of school. Y'all can so go yeah. 10 rounds outside of school. Yeah, and, yeah, man. It can get ugly. But as adults, man, sometimes when somebody pisses me off and I even think about getting into a physical fight, yeah. and I think about as an adult, if you let that rage guide mm-hmm. you into a fight, 100%. you might kill somebody. A hundred percent. I remember my adult shouldn't be fighting. Big dude in my old hood in Indianapolis, uh, you know, I'm living in Hallville or whatever, but you know, and that's, you know, a notorious area for whatever. But I wasn't really involved in shit like that. But I can remember the chains of being seventeen and hearing one of the homies got killed and he was a big dude. They both they called both of us fifty, you know. I was little 50 and he was big 50 because they said we both looked like 50 Cent. Yeah. He was big for real, for real. But it was a situation he was just trying to break up. And the dude felt like, hey, man, you ain't finna punk me and shot him. So, Damn. and he died off that. But it's like, yeah, man. There was a line or a certain age you hit where it's like fighting ain't even cool not no even more. You don't know yeah. what it's going to lead to. You don't know, yeah. So, don't yeah. All, Did, have you ever gotten a fighting as an adult? No. Nah. You ain't gotten a fighting as an adult. No, no, nothing close to even. You be like, nah, fuck that. When Not even like, just that. I mean, personally, I don't go around trying to provoke people. Nah, I mean, we as comedians don't. I almost yeah. got in a fight at the show. Because uh, I feel like that's part of it is, <laughs> I was is in, what you do. I'll tell this quick story right quick and then I'll let you get out of here. We had the, uh, I did a mic. I was going to do a mic. I was just on some Harlem shit. Like, all right, I want to stay in Harlem. What's going on tonight? And uh, Whitney Chanel Clark, her mic was going on over at Nabe. Yeah, Nabe. I missed that mic. Yeah. And I went over to do it. And you know, that mic was like a show. There'd be audience and shit. Right. And I went up and I did this Street Fighter joke. And the Street Fighter joke I was doing was that, uh, you know, Street Fighter, they had fighters from all around the world, but they never had a Puerto Rican. And I was like, nobody likes to fight in the street like Puerto Ricans. Now, granted, let me give you the backstory. There was a, a woman I thought was Dominican, and I had did a Cardi B joke before that. And when she said something, I said, do y'all like Cardi B? And she went crazy. And I was like, oh, so you Dominican? And she was like, nah, I'm Puerto Rican. And you know, like, she really got mad that I thought she was Dominican. And it's like, y'all look just alike. Let's not play. So anyway, she really gets mad about that. And then I segue with, oh, well, since you Puerto Rican, you really don't like this next joke. So I was being an asshole already to the woman. I say, yo, you know, 
the thing about Street Fighter is they've had fighters from all over the world. They've had over 10 games, but they never had a Puerto Rican. Nobody likes to fight in the street like Puerto Ricans. Now, if I'd have been being more aware, I would have noticed as I'm doing this joke, a guy comes and sits behind her. Now, obviously, she's a little older than him, so it wasn't her day. It turned out to be her son. Mm. And he was like, oh, so you just going to make fun of my mom, basically? That was his energy of like, oh. And I mean, you know, we as comics sometimes, we not making fun of them, but just right. they said something to us. Now we feel like we got to make it funny. Right. So it wasn't like I was being like, oh, bitch, shut up. Da, 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 da. Right. But I was more so just being like, you know, ha, ha, let's play off what you just said. So I did the joke. Like I said, you know, <laughs> they never had a Puerto Rican. Nobody fights in the streets like Puerto Ricans. And then I tagged that joke by saying, you know. Nobody fights in the streets like Puerto Ricans, and they've never had a Puerto Rican fighter. And then I said, you know, at my last show, I did that same joke, and a Puerto Rican guy stood up and said, that shit ain't funny. Meet me outside, Poppy. And I said, I did that part, and then I came off stage. And as I'm coming off stage, homie goes, yo, shut the fuck up. Like, that was whack as fuck. And I'm like, oh, shit. I was just feeling myself that night. I wasn't feeling his energy. So I was like, yo, fuck it. I like to fight. What's good? What the fuck? And he, <laughs> didn't, he didn't get up. So I'm thinking I'm cool. I come off stage. Whitney's coming back with the mic. The dude comes and grabs the mic from her. And since you want to be fucking funny, meet me outside. When he says meet me outside, everybody in the room went crazy laughing. Because it's like... Yo, it's fam, a comedy show, that's right. part of the joke was right. that I actually said last time I did this joke, a Puerto Rican dude wanted to fight me. Right. So now I'm like, damn, I got to fight this motherfucker out and talk shit. I long story short, I go outside. He wasn't even there. But yeah, man, well, that was one of my last confrontations of like good, yeah. being in that moment and having to decide, like, do I meet this energy or do I back down or what? But that's, that's a difficult Position to be in, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> you have to put your pride aside sometimes and say, do I feel like get possibly getting my ass whooped yeah. tonight? And then, you know, we grown. We ain't got no health care. <laughs> we out here telling jokes. It's like, yeah. hey, if somebody knock your tooth out, your tooth just going to be that's out, it. bro. <laughs> You're done. You're going to be one tooth quan. Or, hey, that's going to be the intro. Right. This next dude got his tooth knocked out at the last show he did. So he don't know how to shut the fuck up. But he ain't pulling that shit tonight. Give it up for Coming Quan. to the stage. Right. right. All right, Rod, I kept you for a long time here, uh, Quan, man. And I know you got a show to get to. Uh, where can the people find you at on the social media and all? Uh, on social media, uh, on Instagram, at Quan Wiggins. Facebook, Quan D. Wiggins. Basically, if you put Quan Wiggins on any social media platform, my page and my links will come up. He should pop up. He lit. Uh... I got a show in Philly on Saturday at the Raven Lounge. If you're listening, uh, you can find me at funnyfield.com. That's where I keep all my dates. Uh, I'm at Stand Up New York uh, Sunday night, this Sunday uh, at 8 o'clock. And I'm at Broadway Comedy Club at 9 o'clock. So uh, check me out. You got any shows you want to plug for next week? Uh, for next week. Next week. Next you know, week. I'm not, I don't even know my schedule. Throwing it at you quick. Whatever. Follow him at Quan D. Wiggins. Yeah, I post everything. That's on, been the motherfucking page. Tough Talk Podcast. Yo, thanks for listening. Do, 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 do.